Good evening, godless sodomites. <laughs> right, oh fuck. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, all right, let me get some drink over here. I hope that's not what this episode about. <laughs> what? No, that's not what the surprise episode is about. Children that support Alex Jones. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lord of the Flies of the Christian Youth Group. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Let's, uh, let's get started. All right. <clears throat> Welcome to the Excommunication Station. I'm your host, Chaz. I'm doing... I'm doing... <laughs> I'm joined by Donovan today. How are you, Donovan? I'm good, sir. How are you? I'm doing all right. Um, we are your hip new youth pastors, and that's me in the corner. Oh, shit. That's me in the spotlight, sharing my religion. Oh, God. Trying to keep my... Oh, yeah, I forgot the part. <laughs> keep my eyes on you, and I don't know if I can do it. Oh, no, I've said too much. Always. No, child, you haven't said enough. <laughs> and wow. this is the Inquisition. Donovan, do you still unironically listen to any Christian artists? Oh, you know I do. <laughs> Hit me with some. Oh, okay. Well, of course we got Newsboys. I still. Oh my god. I I can't help it, dude. I'll be driving to work and I'll be like, "Hey Google, play Newsboys Million Pieces." As we oh <laughs> oh shit, it heard me. My phone's trying to play it. <laughs> your cares goodbye by newsboys for the 70th time this week <laughs> oh shit stop <laughs> all right well uh, dc talk carmen <laughs> what about you uh i still listen to some of like the punk punk and hardcore stuff every yeah, once yeah, in a yeah. while um i listen to let's see i have a list on my my uh iTunes here. Let's see. Dear Ephesus. Uh Stavesaker. Pedro the Lion. Uh Strong Arm. Oh, got yep. No, that one. <laughs> Let me see here. I'm trying to see what else. Uh Dogwood. Everyone like one of the, one of their albums. The Huntingtons. I don't know if they're I guess they're a Christian mm. band. Uh MXPX. Okay. I got you on that one. I have Five Iron Frenzy on here. Starfire, Starflyer, fifty nine. Sorry, mm -hmm. and I think that might be it, but I could be wrong. Did you ever listen to uh, For Today? What's that? Did you ever listen to For Today? For Today, no. They were kind of more like of a post-hardcore, you know, a lot of screaming and stuff. Oh, pretty okay. cool. Out yeah. when I was in high school and stuff, they were pretty good. 
Uh, but yeah. apparently one of my favorite like metal bands of all time, Upon a Burning Body, the lead singer just literally like posted a video of him getting baptized and they're like, Oof. like kind of newly Christian, I guess now. And it's just a weird thing. It's always yeah. like, I'm cool with your faith, bro. But like, don't make it your identity. <laughs> yeah, there were some there were some Christian bands that I listened to that not Christian bands, but bands that had Christians in them, like uh, this band Mineral and Sunny Day Real Estate that were weren't really overt with their Christianity, but they yeah they were still Christian. Um, but yeah, I still listen to some some stuff, but uh, not for like any type of faith reasons. I just thought they oh would no some of the the melodies are good, dude. Bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, they're catchy. I still, I still listen to Christian um, uh, industrial music. So um, I got you. I, yeah, I dig uh, Circle of Dust and okay. uh, Cell Dweller and uh, trying to remember some other ones. Clank. Was a perfect yeah. circle count? <laughs> no, 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 no. They no, weren't no, Christian, no, were no, they? No, no, no. They were not Christian. <laughs> not that I know of. So, but yeah, one of my all-time favorite Christian bands of all time was uh, this band called Bloodshed, and they were on uh, Tooth and Nail Records, and they put out two EPs in the early '90s that were like two of my favorite records that Tooth and Nail ever did. So, Bloodshed, yeah, and they were a Christian band. Yeah, yeah. So, as far as I know, so uh, one of the guys (laughs) in the band was in the Supertones. Okay. Yeah, I so, got gotcha. but, but like he like that that band is not a ska band. So uh, but anyway, there was another band that just came out recently because like uh, uh, their lyrics are pretty like Christian based and stuff. And then people were starting to be like, what's going on? Are you guys a Christian band? And they like legit released a statement like the singer was like, I am. I wrote this about me, but the rest of the band isn't. I mean, I don't know if you ever know. I was like, I feel like that's the way to do it. If you're going to still do that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? To be like, hey, look, this is what I believe. Music has a million meanings. Take it as you want. You know what I mean? Rather than just be like, you're a heathen. (laughs) But it just kind of sucks that the rest of the band is attached to those lyrics, too. But uh, you're right. Right. Yeah. in In the early 90s, there was this like push. Or maybe it wasn't early 90s, maybe yeah, more like mid to late 90s of, of this like uh mainstream Christian mm-hmm. uh, Christian connected sort of rock with like collective soul and oh, yeah. creed. Creed. So yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually Jar- still like the first two collective soul albums. Jars uh, of Clay too. Yeah, but they were more overtly Christian, but like, yeah, they got mainstream success with that flood song. I get what oh, you're saying. Yeah. So, Our flyleaf. Flyleaf's a good example of that shit flyleaf. working out for. Yeah. A lot of people that. were like, some people didn't even realize they were Christian. I still talk to people now that were like, what? <laughs> Think about it, bro. <laughs> Interesting. So now we need to do the most important thing, and that is to pray. So hold the hand of the person next to you and bow your heads. And if you're driving, let Jesus take the wheel. Today's enemy, today's uniparty rhinos and liberal Democrats and communists intentionally mutilate themselves for the sake of being transgender. So the only way that they can ever reproduce is by stealing our kids. And then filling their brains with poison. That's how they operate. And we have to call them out. These are the people who want to steal and poison and groom and yes, rape our children. 
They're demonic. Literally, I think some of them are actually possessed by demons. I mean, do you agree? And that might seem like shocking language. But you know what? Good. Good. I'm glad that it is. Because sadly, the risk of being on the right side of history comes with the very real risk of being labeled an extremist or banned from the internet or jailed or even killed. Your scene will have a division in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know nothing about them. So fully alive. All right. <laughs> I think we just got hit with the uh, cease and desist. Final, like, yeah, that's the one time. <laughs> All the other times we play stuff and sing, it's yeah. fine. I yeah, go yeah. for a high note, and they're like, no. <laughs> All right, we have a. I have a very interesting story for you today, Donovan that i've been i'm, I'm working excited. on for the last month in between the tim lahey stuff just to take my mind off of it so well, after the whole petra thing i'm super excited <laughs> not as in depth as the petra thing but uh hopefully you'll enjoy it in the oh, sm- it doesn't have but... training camps of like you know radical no, <laughs> racist no, 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 people. No, no. <laughs> no 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 paramilitary uh training camps and no uh court cases with you know, people denying the Holocaust on the stand. Millionaire tech companies where people step away because they <laughs> shot up a fucking synagogue. <laughs> None of that. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right. In the small 3,000 person town of West Richland, Washington, lived a charismatic and loving pastor whom his parishioners affectionately called Pastor Ed. He had moved to the town in 1983 with his wife, Joan, from Nebraska, searching for a new and quieter life. Ed called her his angel, and Joan called him his, her lover boy. They were a new couple in love. How do you feel about where this is going so far? I got to clean off my glasses, so you talk. Did you say Ed and Lorraine? Uh, no, Ed and Joan. Oh, God damn it. I no, you no, I am not going into that. <laughs> All right. So the Warrens. Yo, yeah, the Warrens. No. The uh, Warren Jeffs. Now that's a crossover. <laughs> yes, there we go. That would, that would be uh yeah, I'm I'm okay. The spirit I'm, keeps I'm not... trying to touch the kids. <laughs> Uh, when he moved to the town, he had made himself at home with the church and made himself a pillar in the small community. He would work with the children and umpire peewee baseball games and coach basketball. He would visit the hospital and help the sick. He loved the people who accepted him and his wife into their community and into the First Baptist Church in West Richland. Eventually, the church would need a pastor. Ed, despite not having any formal pastor training, 
he had learned that he that hadn't stopped anyone from running the church and he was more than happy to fill the vacancy well he's not wrong so <laughs> west richland again was a small town and with a small town came small accommodations the church was located in a small cement basement and pastor ed had a small office in the basement the church provided him and his wife with a small mobile home next to the next door it wasn't much but it was more than ed had in a very very long time was the wait where was this church it was the basement of what just a building just some random building and then they put yeah. a trailer outside next to it and they were like that's where you sleep yep so the you this know every pastor gets sketchy. their own house right but this is it it's sounds a, it weird mean? man it's a it's just a it's a church a small church in a in a very small town that doesn't really have a place to go so they rent out a basement of a uh of like i don't know uh why a am Domino's? i looking for a name <laughs> yeah of a Domino's, <laughs> of a comet ping pong pizza and oh, God. uh no of, yeah of like a Domino's, and then they have sunday morning service down there and maybe wednesday prayer meeting and Look, then, i love yeah, going to mass but every time we leave i just smell like a fucking calzone <laughs> <laughs> so but guess what pastor ed had a past a very, very dark past. Oh, boy. But Pastor Ed was more than happy to be open about it. I'm sure he's also the first. I'm sure he's also the first pastor to have a dark past. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, pastor Ed had overcome this brutal past and became a child of the Lord and was spreading his love. Pastor Ed would go to tell his congregation about it. And the word would spread until a reporter heard of the extraordinary tale and wanted to write about Pastor Ed. Your phrasing Pastor has Ed, got me leery. <laughs> pa Pastor Ed was born in 1935. His childhood was pretty standard. He uh, served in Korea, but had a passion in life to live on the dangerous side. He loves drugs, sex, rock and roll, loose women, and fast cars. Oh, shit. It didn't take time until he got involved with the wrong crowd. Was this before he was a pastor? Or like this is before he was a pastor. Okay, cool. I thought this was like, for a second. I thought we were like, when the early years of him being a pastor, he was no. just a crazy. <laughs> Look, I love God. <laughs> <laughs> I feel uh, the Holy Spirit yeah, tonight. West, West Richland is in the middle of nowhere. Um, I looked it up on the map. It's a little bit bigger today because they had um, the story to bank off of. No, 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 absolutely not. Um, they had a uh, somebody build a sports car factory there that like specializes in like these like very expensive sport cars. So their population went from like three thousand to like I think. It might be around 20,000 now. So, and so a rich the, person came in and saved the town. Basically, uh, and the church is, is a lot bigger and a lot nicer now. So, anyway, mm. so it's, it's a, it's in a double wide. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this one doesn't have wheels. Um, 
Yeah, so I'm cinder blocks. <laughs> <laughs> we took the wheels off. We stay in today. <laughs> um, a long time ago in this country, when America was great, there was a small organization uh, <laughs> called the Mafia. And within uh, the Mafia was an enforcement group for various mobs, including the Classico Italiano and the Jewish mob. They were called Murder Incorporated or oh Murder boy. Inc. They were one of the most violent crime outfits in the history of this country. They were white, too, just so everybody knows that. Um, yeah, yeah, just... yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, what? Violent white people in America? You lying. <laughs> they reportedly, they may have carried out up to a thousand hits. Our pastor Ed in his youth was a hitman for the mob and was part of the infamous Murder Incorporated. What? That's like pa- Lucky Luciano and shit, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, pastor Ed told his congregation, Oh my God. I tell you, I have been to the bowels of hell. I have maimed and murdered for the mafia. The devil has told me one night in prison. I just got on my knees and cried. I had seen all those people I had killed flash before my eyes. 25, 26 faces. I lost count. I asked God to forgive me. Why are you Look, laughing? Uh, I shouldn't be telling you guys this, okay? I don't tell anybody. All right? It was like 25, 26. I don't remember. But uh, somebody. And at one point, I was like, Jesus, I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> no, mama, give me the gabagool. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I might be a rat, but you know I'm I'm saved, right? You guys protect me. I'll be a pastor for you. <laughs> uh, Jesus past- Christ! Pa- pastor Ed said his favorite weapon to murder people was a nine millimeter pistol and a small How dagger. Yeah. How original? <laughs> yeah. Not like everybody else. Uh, at least he like could be like-, like the Ice Man. What was his fucking? How did he kill people? I forget. Oh, the tree. Was Isn't it- that what he did? The tree where he would like. He would take a, a noose and then he would like turn around and then just stand up and hang yeah. the noose over the back of his shoulder and yep. just let them hang. Yeah. Yeah. Hold it the tree or something. That was fucking terrifying because I'm only five nine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm a dead man. <laughs> I'm not even getting up to his shoulder. Jesus um, Christ. I used to see the tips of my vans making marks on the ground. This <laughs> 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 is dark, but that's fucking terrifying. <laughs> uh, he uh, he would be arrested and sentenced to death. Pastor Ed would eventually be part of the downfall of Murder, Inc. when they were taken down by the U.S. government during a crackdown on organized crime. There are a lot of downs in that sentences. That's why I got lost. Uh, um, I got you. Pastor Ed would be sentenced to death for his crimes. While on death row, Pastor Ed found Jesus. Of course he had he become- did. He had become a story within the Christian evangelical prison outreach world. There was nothing better to do. (laughs) (laughs) And his story made its way all the way to Chuck Colson. Chuck Colson was one of Nixon's men who broke into Watergate. He was converted while in prison and he started a huge Christian um, outreach ministry with prisoners. For better or worse, um, my mother was a huge fan of Chuck Colson and probably one of the reasons why she cut hair in prison for so many years. 
Oh, um, man. Yeah, uh, she would be like Thursday night after dinner. She's like, all right, you guys got to finish eating. I have to go. I'm going to the prison to cut hair. <laughs> and then she'd wow, be for man. like four hours. Yeah. That's so, crazy. That's also yeah. funny that I'm sitting here going like, that's fucking dumb. But then I'm remembering all those Christmas presents and shit that we just stacked in pews for like yeah. hours at a time. I, some, yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah, so. Even the great Reverend Billy Graham has visited Pre- Pastor Ed while in jail. But also while in jail, he began a pen pal relationship with his eventual wife, Joan. Joan had been married once before and it didn't go well. She had discovered that her daughter had been writing Pastor Ed while in jail and she joined in. Now, that sounds a little weird, but when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. they had us write prison pen pal letters. Okay. But completely did your parents inappropriate. Did your parents piggyback off of it and start a romantic <laughs> relationship with your pen pal? <laughs> no, but uh, as I was writing this, I was like, "Wow, that sounds kind of weird." But I'm just like, I know I'm not the only person that went to church where they like we did this in Sunday school. It wasn't in school. Um, they wanted us to write prisoners, so to tell them about the no. love of Jesus Christ. No, I remember doing uh postcards. Okay. Like drawing like little like christmas trees and like uh, around holidays easter stuff and like i'm I legit remembering like the cave that jesus's body was in with the stone that i drew okay. to send to like to like a rehab or a prison so yeah you're not alone <laughs> god died back. for us today <laughs> i got Thanks, back a letter kid. hey hey kid you know i murdered four people and you know <laughs> wore their skin around but i didn't do it <laughs> By the way, thanks for thinking of me. It's good to know I have a friend when I get out. And here's a photograph of me nude. Send the one if you want one. Right. Oh <laughs> Can you send me some of those lotion samples and those magazines that fall out? <laughs> some of your mom's underwear while you're at it. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, no, no inappropriate things could have happened for sure. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely not. Like this, um, like yeah, this relationship. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Her and Pastor Jesus. Ed had started up a relationship, and soon Ed would be calling Joan, and she fell in love with his silky smooth voice. From everything she I called him Chachi. Yeah. <laughs> from everything I read, he did. He had a way with his voice and uh, and a way with words. Uh, Ed told Joan. I'm sure he of- didn't. <laughs> Ed told Joan about all the murders in his past, but she fell in love with him anyway. On New Year's Eve, while Ed was still in prison, 1979, Ed called Joan and asked her if she believed in Christ. She said that she did. And then he asked her to marry him. You believe in God? You do? (laughs) You want to marry me? (laughs) You like my silky smooth voice? You said you did. <laughs> oh my god! I can only imagine that was his voice, and she was just right in rapture with the right because she the, the New Jersey cellar dweller accent. <laughs> right, she's already thinking like if she can get by murder, she can get past that voice for sure, and convince herself it's good. <laughs> it sounds tough. Yeah, right. Um, oh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do you so hard when I get out of here, babe. <laughs> 
but sometimes Pastor, I want you to take control. I, okay, we got to do that too, because, you know, my needs need to be met. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Ed was on death row, but was able to earn his release from prison because of a petition signed by Billy Graham, Chuck Colson, pastors, prison fuck. officials, guards, and fellow prisoners. Pastor okay, so, was, so far this is him saying this, right? Has, there's, is there proof of this? There's the letter, isn't there? Huh? I don't know. Pastor Ed was able to give his release in 1983. <laughs> he went to Nebraska, married Joan, and they moved to the Northwest for a quiet life and a more righteous calling. And by 1988, hmm. he was the new pastor at his church. Hmm. Pastor Ed and Joan became huge members of the Washington, Washington State Baptist community until his death in 1997. The what end. The, what? The, no, no, I refuse. Oh, oh okay. He's All lying right. To All you. right. He's here comes lying. the on. Here comes the encore. <laughs> after everybody knows that they're the band's going to come back out. Um, right. Okay. What's he going to perform? <laughs> I'm a motherfucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> the reporter who had come to do this story on Pastor Ed decided to do some digging. A major plot point being, uh, or sorry, a major plot hole being that Murder, Inc. <laughs> was taken down in the 1940s while Ed was a child. <laughs> Even if Ed hadn't been, a, hadn't been a hitman for Murder, Inc., he still could have worked out for the mob, but nothing could be found to support his story. No signed letter, no Chuck Colson, no Billy Graham, no hitman for hire. Had Pastor Ed even ever been to jail? Is his name even Ed? <laughs> On December 12th, 1991, the state of Illinois issued a warrant for the arrest of Edwin Lopez for parole violation. He had indeed met his wife via a prison pen pal letter. He had told her the story he had told anyone who would listen. Joan believed Pastor Ed's story and believed that he was a man of God looking for a new life. He had been paroled from jail in 1983 and violated <laughs> his parole by leaving the state of Illinois 10 days after he had been released. But Drat. his wife nor his church <laughs> knew any of this. Oh my God. This On is... December, go ahead. No, I wouldn't even keep going. This is fantastic. <laughs> On December 29th, 1991, he had to come clean with his church. He explained to them that he had not murdered 20-some people for Murder, Inc. or the Mafia at all. He had never, <laughs> he had never met. He had never met or was under the leadership of Chuck Colson or Billy Graham. Oh he was never God. released from death row, nor was he ever released from prison because he was put on parole. So, I was actually say. just in uh, an intern for Death Row Records. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was the truth about Pastor Ed? Do you you want to take some guesses before I continue? Uh, I'm just gonna guess he's some low life con man who was just in prison and took advantage of someone who was writing to a prisoner. <laughs> okay, all right, that's a good that's a good guess. Okay, um, so Ed was born in Plymouth, Massachusetts in 1935. So you have to change your accent a little bit. Oh, um, fuck. Okay. A little Boston. Okay. Um, 
Oh, fuck. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I might have lied to you guys, okay? <laughs> I didn't kill no. I didn't kill nobodies. Uh, oh, he, 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 it's okay. Uh, the the fuck was okay. Uh, he he <laughs> had a normal childhood, uh, but something was weird about Ed that tracked him his whole life. He could not stop lying. No. He okay. he claimed he had joined the Marines out of high school, and he claimed that he had played semi pro professional football. Oh my God. But at five three. It's a huge <laughs> doubt that he did either. <laughs> Five three. <laughs> he, he also claimed to be related to semi-successful singer-songwriter Trinidad Lopez the third. So basically, Who Pastor Ed seemed to be a real-life chunk from the Goonies. Oh yeah! Oh shit! Like the time that he said that Michael Jackson used his bathroom. bathroom. <laughs> It All right, Janet. it wasn't Michael Jackson, but his sister did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he, al- he, he also couldn't <laughs> keep his life together. By the age of 30 in 1965, he had already had a wife and four kids. He Holy divorced God. his wife and abandoned his children. But he was still living in Massachusetts when he had met a woman <laughs> named Helen Hansen. He like probably wanted moved around the corner and pretended he died. And every time he saw him, he's like, "It's not me." Yeah, oh fuck! Yeah, no, yeah. don't look at me. <laughs> it's not me, dude. Go away. But <laughs> even in the '60s, you you could you could go a town or two away and just escape from everybody's memory or just disappear. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no one tracking you. Um, while they were living together with Helen Hansen, Hansen would die in her sleep. She was oh. she was 34, and the cause of her death was ruled acute alcoholism. Pastor Ed left town. There's nothing cute you... about dying of alcoholism. But I'm bummed. Pastor Ed left. Oh, that's a oh, my side hurts. Hold on. <laughs> Woo! Recoup, <Yeah>. recoup, recoup. <laughs> so Pastor Ed left town, but you know who couldn't leave town? Besides the dead body, damn it! I was going to say that <laughs> the six six month old baby that was left laying next to the dead body of Hanson. Oh, it's like Doctor Sleep. Luckily, the baby survived after being found four days after the death of Hanson. It's not like Doctor Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> that baby died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, d- definitely died. Uh, Pastor Ed ran to the suburbs of Chicago and became a maintenance man at a country club. He also became a low-level criminal. He had a hard-on for gangsters and wanted to be a badass who didn't want to listen to anyone. Oh, he was in love with toxic masculinity pop culture icons like Dirty Harry and Paul Kersey from the Death Wish movies. <laughs> he just- he decided that he should change his name and start going by Jasper Lopez. I'm just thinking of a a really small Charles Bronson. <laughs> <laughs> just walking around. Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> You're fucking dead today. Come here. <laughs> I, I will say that uh, that Death Wish 4 is my favorite Death Wish of all of them. Um, I own all of them on DVD and That's VHS. Awesome. Um and the third the one's most, one with Alex Winter, right? Yeah, I, I, I have to look it up, uh, but it's uh, it's the most straight edge movie ever. Um, really? Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Uh, and then like this, 
I forget what the line is, but he says drugs kill or something. And he shoots a guy with a sawed off shotgun into the stomach. And like, he flies into a, uh, what do you, bumper car electric thing while it's going off. So yeah, it's pretty fucking badass. Um, that sounds pretty great. (laughs) (laughs) Around this time, Ed met a shy waitress named Phyllis Brown. Ed would quickly start dating her and they would be married a soon time after. I wonder how his Around. flirting was. Yeah. Hey, uh, I, I don't have a killer. I kill people. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was around 1969. He would marry the 43-year-old. But around ni- June 1970, Phyllis stopped showing up for work. It took um... a month, but Phyllis came and questioned Ed about her disappearance. But he claimed that she ran off with someone else and didn't know where she went. Is this when we find out Ed is really Robert Durst? (laughs) (laughs) Without the money? Um, (laughs) Right. (laughs) A few days later, Ed met another woman named Shirley Johnson. Ed moved in with her, but after a few months, things started going sour. Shirley wanted Ed out of the house, but Ed wouldn't leave. Ed instead stabbed her and choked her to death. Whoa. So he thought. Whoa. She ended up living and Ed got out of the state and would eventually end up in Florida. And nothing ever happened because of how early on it was. He just got away with it. Well, well, five months after the stabbing of Johnson, a construction crew found the body of Phyllis Brown. (sighs) Pastor Ed had strangled her to death and had buried her in a shallow grave. During that time, Ed had hitchhiked to Florida and got caught trying to forge checks. He was arrested and brought back. I'm, he was I'm the most brought... disgusted of everything is that. <laughs> <laughs> that is, you know, the what what got Al Capone? Tax evasion. Yeah, that's all he cares about is the money. The money. <laughs> he was arrested and brought back to Illinois to stand trial for murder and attempted murder and would be eventually be questioned about the death of his other girlfriend. Jesus Christ. He was found guilty of murder and attempted murder and a sentence to 50, 50 to 99 years in prison. He would be eligible for parole in 12 years. Because of what? a state law, the parole board wasn't able to hear about the crimes of a, the potential parolee and could their decision could only be based on the, the con- convict's behavior in the jail and their ability to reform themselves. Well, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> it sounds like maybe somebody that's a sociopath could possibly get around this system. Nah. Maybe? Nah. You mean I someone who knows how to manipulate emotion and wear narcissist? The, just have a great disguise and make you see what you, they want you to see? No, no, (laughs) the most dangerous people can do that. (laughs) Edmund Jasper Pastor Ed Flores was paroled in 1983. He's got like nine names at this point. Jesus. Uh, Edmund left the state about 10 days after he was paroled. And that's when he went to Nebraska. How? Okay. Breakdown. Okay, I, I think I missed it. How did he get paroled? 
just because they didn't check in it, right? And it's just yeah. it was just behavior. Okay. God so damn. His parole. I, for- came I up forgot that we were years. joking about something that was actually what we were discussing because it was so fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Holy so shit. he so his he was sentenced fifty to ninety nine years in prison. For some reason, his parole came up after twelve years. I don't know if that was because of good behavior or if it was part of the sentencing. Um, wow. I don't understand how somebody that murdered and then attempted murder um, and then suspiciously somebody else died that he was living with. I mean, it's um, I mean, the the one the one ought to do it, you know, I mean, the forged <laughs> checks ought to do it uh, for real. One time. <laughs> He he's on. He, was he never should heard. have been in death row in in Florida, really, for for bouncing those checks, right? Or, yep. or forging them. Absolutely, he was never heard from again. <laughs> <laughs> they just fed him to the Gators. He's uh, lost but, to the system. But yeah, so he goes before the parole board, and they're only allowed to look how he is as a prisoner, um, his his behavior, his, any disciplinary actions, anything like that. Um, how he has behaved in Jesus. jail, if he's doing courses, you know, all the stuff that they're going right. to into. He didn't uh, throw shit this month. He can go. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Yeah. So and they, they use that for the determination whether they'll let him out or not. And he got released in 1983. I don't know enough about the prison system, but I that's not that doesn't happen anymore. Right. I know. I don't think so. Um Good lord. Yeah. Uh I and like I don't know if that was a, like I don't know enough about this to say. So I don't know if it was a uh, a statewide decision, if it was a county, how they did yeah. it. So I, I, I don't know. Um anyway. That's fucking weird. That's crazy. Wow. So going forward now to 1992. Ed was arrested and sent back to Illinois for violating his parole. And for uh, sorry, one second, How? Uh, he was he was arrested in Washington and sent back to Illinois for violating his parole because he left the state. Uh, left the, the state. violation of his parole. Uh, he left the state ten days after uh, getting released from prison. Um, a number wow. of his own congregants drove from Washington to Illinois to testify on Pastor Ed's beca- uh, behalf. He had saved okay. them. He had helped them around their community. And he was, of course, a changed man. Many of his congregation forgave him, but some couldn't. They even raised money for his bond. Get the fuck out of here. Some of his congregation in this small community raised $5,000 for his bail. Oh, my God. That was so much money to them. That was so much money to them. And that was coming from them. That's fucking bullshit. Yep. Wow. Eventually, Pastor Ed would be sentenced back to jail for three months. What a dildo. It was recommended that he serve another three years. But if he was a good standing, he would only have to serve three months. Who recommended that? I don't <laughs> fucking know. The same person who <laughs> made up the parole decision. No, uh, I for- think maybe, maybe it might be a good idea to give him a few more years. But yeah. if he's a good boy, 
maybe not. We'll have to see. Okay, good night, chap. <laughs> Personally, for me, I'm conflicted because I'm like my view on the criminal justice system is completely whack, um, and like I'm not really pro prison. Yeah, um, up to a point, but this guy, like, he's obviously there's there's he can't be in society no so um, no 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 he's proved that when he when he uh forged those checks continue (laughs) (laughs) he would serve only another three months for killing one attempting to kill another woman and maybe who knows killed another woman and left a baby for dead he got 12 years and three months but the baby Oh wait, hold on. I forgot. I forgot his voice. But the baby didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ed would serve his time and be released in May 1992. He went back to his church in Washington, which had even built a new church while he was gone, but that didn't last long. He would mo- move to Missouri within three years. Pastor Ed wow. could not stop lying. He had already lost some of his congregation, and now the rest of his congregation couldn't believe him because he would tell one person one thing and tell someone else another thing. I was never in prison. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he, would, he, he came back from jail, and he was, he, his congregation just got sick of him because he just he wouldn't, he, they couldn't keep track of his, uh, his lives because they would, you know... Um, that had to be so fucking shitty to be a part of that congregation. Yeah. And like, especially if you were one of the people that like donated to the, uh, the bond and shit. Oh my God. And then he yeah. comes out and then you realize he's a fucking, pe- he probably did that shit. Oh, <laughs> he probably yeah, did yeah, that yeah. shit and he's a piece of shit. And you know what? I couldn't pay my phone bill this month because of this motherfucker. And now he won't shut the fuck up. And he just told Judy that he wasn't even in jail. <laughs> <laughs> holy shit oh man yeah what a a dick within five years of his last release he would end up in jail again for parole violation was it the state thing again or no this time for bigamy oh apparently why ed was in jail the first time he had married a woman in 1980 hmm when he got out of jail in 1983, he stayed for her, stayed with her for a while. Apparently, mm-hmm. the ten days he had spent in Illinois after getting let out, but then uh, left for ne- for Nebraska, where he mm-hmm. would get married again to Joan. The other one was was for pretend. <laughs> I was in fucking prison. <laughs> it wasn't reals. <laughs> his other wife would eventually have the marriage annulled but not after edge had already gotten married to jo- joan thus violating his parole this time the state was not as lenient to ed pastor oh, ed would sit in jail for the rest of his life oh he would, boy he would send letters to the governor and state officials asking his for for his release because he was sick and didn't want to die in jail his letters were a tad weird, though. Ed would uh-huh. refer to himself in the third person. Oh, that's the best. Saying things like, he needs to get out. Oh, Eddie's going crazy. <laughs> this is the summer of Ed. Ed needs to get out to see, breathe the air. Ed, Ed needs to eat a hot dog. 
I just said, yeah, baby. <laughs> you can't keep Ed caged. <laughs> it's Big Ed. Oh, yeah, it is Big Ed. It's oh, Big my Ed from God. Fiance. He's probably 5'3". Yes. Yeah, this is Big Ed, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he's from Jersey, right? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Oh, something like that. Oh, my oh God. man. Oh, that's the oh, fucking fuck. best. So now we just think about everything that we've said, and it's just Big Ed. Can you oh, imagine man. being his cellmate? No. Ed needs to sleep. He needs his eight <laughs> hours. Oh, man. Ed took a big dump, and Ed's not happy with himself. Ed feels shame. Ed feels shame. <laughs> Please Ed don't is look masturbating. At Ed. Ed is masturbating. <laughs> he loves it. He feels so much shame. Ed is Please. crying. Please don't look away. Shame, Ed. <laughs> Ed must be shamed. Tell Ed he's a bad boy. Very bad. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, oh my God. Now I'm what just picturing f- the, the showering thing from, from 90 Day with, with Ed, with Rose's <laughs> with dad. With the fucking rat in the, the shower? With the most minging-ass rat I've ever seen in my life. I think uh, mouse. Sh- I think oh my- mouse. <laughs> God, I can't believe he showered with his dad. He's just like, I'm not taking off my clothes. I'm just gonna bathing suit. Dude, it was oh. so weird too because I like that clip pops up all the time on everything, and then it's just he wants to shower with you, and he's like, okay. <laughs> he doesn't even like hesitate. Okay, it's so weird. I mean, if if I wanted to shower with you, I'd probably say no, Jazz. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'd say no, thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, like I said, I'd look I'd... at the rat if it was there, though, because that <laughs> thing was fucking haggard. <laughs> I would just stare at the rat. Just stare at the rat. Oh man, I thought that thing was dead, and then you could see it was like wheezing. <laughs> I I was scared it was gonna like be like the the bunny from uh, um, Monty Python, the Holy Grail, and just fucking attack uh... him. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say one of them, one of the monkeys from Twelve Monkeys, <laughs> just starts a worldwide pandemic. <laughs> yeah, he gets bit and he comes back over on the plane. He's just sweating and he oh just starts God. throwing up in the airport. Yeah, it's like yeah. dead alive. The monkey. Right <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God. Um, so Ed would die in jail. His his body was cremated, and his remains. <laughs> Ed is about to die. It doesn't see a light and is afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Open your eyes and oh! <laughs> um, Ed's, Ed's body was cremated and his remains sat in storage for over a year. No one came to claim his ashes. Ed feels a little toasty. Ed was only taking a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Ed is awake. <laughs> he is hot. He is very hot. <laughs> Oh, God. So that's the story of Edmund Flores, who could have been a serial killer pastor. That is the fucking craziest shit. I also love how it's like he got away with it. He could have lived a low life and like, you know, like try to like hide from it and shit. But his go to instead is a I'm a famous hitman. (laughs) (laughs) I worked with Lucky Luciano. Oh, absolutely. And he 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 could have Billy Graham knows me. Yeah. 
He could Holy have stayed in that, in that small community for the rest of his life and just lived an unassuming, even as a pastor. Not Yeah, you know? right. But he, he could have even just been like, I'll be an altar boy. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and he, I'm going to stay in the shadows. Yeah. Um, and as both of us are big true crime fans, um, mm-hmm. we know the amount of uh, serial killers that were around during this specific time that Ed was oh, man. active, like was out of jail during the 60s and 70s. Um, and uh, he hitchhiked from, uh, Il- was it Massachusetts? Nope, Illinois to Florida. Yeah. During that time. Um, I when was I, uh Eileen Warnos active because I think it was the 80s. Have, I was gonna say he could have claimed some of her victims. Oh, yeah, when he was hitchhiking, he just threw in a wig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I don't know what happened with the first wife, but oh, she, she yeah, that's yeah, I think it's the first girl, um, yeah, yeah, so yeah, that that's weird. She just died, and the, he left the baby, and and just bounced. And well, was it his like, kid? I don't think so. Not not that I was able to read. Um, that it's he... not his responsibility, chat. <laughs> <laughs> that hurt me to say. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, and and then we we know the amount of murders that happened during that time that were. Uh, you know, prostitutes and sex work, you know, sex. I don't want to say prostitute sex work. I don't even know what the right term is. I uh, think it's just sex worker now. Yeah. Sex workers. Uh, and, you know, people just went missing and nobody, you couldn't track anyone back then. So, yeah. And then the Who's cops, to when they say? would look into it, they'd be like, they, what was it? The less dead. That's what it was classified yeah. as. Yeah. So, yeah. If he did it twice, who's to say? Yeah, he definitely did it more. I wouldn't be surprised if there's more shit found out or something. That's just, yeah, that's a yeah, that was a good story, man. Because <laughs> oh, it was, you. yeah, yeah, you had my attention the whole time. <laughs> so some of the sources were the Chicago Tribune, Murder Pia, and there was a book called that I was able to read called Killer Clergy. A gallery of killers. Oh wait, nope. Sorry, that's a People magazine. Um, wow. Here, the the main source was the Killer Preacher: The True Story of Edmund Lopez and Other Tales of Murder in the Church by Danny Curry. I'm not surprised he uh, decided to become a preacher, though. Makes a lot of sense, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, um, I could be a, I could be, a, you know, like a a psychic, or I can be a, a man of God. <laughs> <laughs> the, the two best lying professions <laughs> yeah so that's uh edmund lopez and the potential serial killer murderer uh pastor so we're gonna do these uh bible study episodes these mini weird obscure not really have to do with religious trauma stories every once in a while um i enjoy them they give me a nice break yeah. from doing a lot of this have not that this isn't heavy but um you know, heavier stuff. It's a little silly because this it, is a si- story about a silly bitch. <laughs> yeah. Um, Donovan, you're you're welcome to come up with any. Chrissy's welcome okay, to come cool. up with any. Any of our listeners, if you have anything, 
and you either want to come on and want to tell us about it or you want to give us a subject to, to talk about email us uh, you can email us at xcompod at gmail.com um i'm closing the show if you haven't noticed no i picked up i picked okay, up on right. that <laughs> <laughs> i got a lot more to say about this motherfucker <laughs> Uh, you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook or uh, let's start that over. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at XCOMPOD. You can follow us on Facebook at the X Communication Station Podcast. Please reach out to us. Uh, it's been happening more often. Uh, I, yeah, it's, I'm enjoying it's really it. cool. Uh, tell us your experiences. Tell us that we were wrong. Um, do whatever you want just communicate with us that's the biggest key here to healing and yeah. helping so yeah and remember we don't have a problem with you believing in god if you believe absolutely. in god absolutely not we're happy for you if that's the case we have a problem with the structure of the church and the way that things have gone on in the church for years and years and that's what we're talking about mm -hmm. faith so your your personal faith is not you will not be attacked if you believe in God or if you believe in Jesus and you just if you have something to say, you will not be attacked by us. We will listen and respect you for that. Yeah. Go back and listen to my Jamie episode. Um, my mm -hmm. friend Jamie episode. Um, I love her with all my heart, and she is still a true believer, and I adore her. So right. Um, I just wanted I just wanted to say that because when I get messages or anything, it's usually one of the first things people say, like or or you know do you how do you guys talk to people like that and stuff it's like no we just talk to people like they're people it's we don't have a problem with you know religion we have a problem with the way it's been handled yeah and also depends how they come at you so right. <laughs> that too that yeah so don't come at me saying something like that and then i'm like i'm cool with you then you try to fucking come at me bro because I'll, I'll i'll fuck you up <laughs> that's on, you, Jess, that's on what's going enough. on with you lately man I'm, I'm on edge man these guys keep coming at me and they're like you're gonna go to hell and i'm like i might i'm in hell <laughs> yeah i am <laughs> uh you can listen to my other podcast the holy hour where gavin uh and and antonio and i discuss all things cure related that's a band they just celebrated their uh anniversary of pornography from 1982 and disintegration from 1989 two of their best albums so. it's awesome too because i was thinking about it and the cure are, are an awesome band but one thing that i do respect robert smith for more than anything is just his dedication to his look <laughs> oh yeah with his age too oh man that's so he's, great i saw the yeah. picture i think chrissy shared with him when he was like super young and i was like he's not changed anything i said and he and it looks good on him it's so yeah. great <laughs> well i mean now it's kind of scary but it's uh well yeah well what do you do it with the right lighting and stuff if you see him on a red carpet it's a little different <laughs> i was trying to be polite <laughs> I, I heard a funny story one time that uh, somebody like this was a couple of years ago where somebody wasn't had to go get him for sound check mm -hmm. and they had to go to the hotel to get him and they went up to the room and he he wasn't opening the door when they were knocking. So they opened it and he was asleep on the bed with a bunch of candy bar wrappers around him. So that's like <laughs> my favorite Robert Smith story. So that's I don't know so if it's relatable. true or not, but I feel it. <laughs> Yeah, that's super relatable. <laughs> Even if you're like one of the most famous rock stars in the world, just that just happens. That's just what like, you do sometimes. <laughs> I'm depressed. 
and some, <laughs> right. I need a, I, I want a zag nut. Yeah, <laughs> and you know there. that the people, the people that caught him just saw him were like, yeah, it's part of the course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel you, brother. You got sound check. Oh. But also, yeah. uh, I wanted to say to you too. I watched the the new the the last two episodes of Moon Knight last night, and you were not wrong. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. No, I was like, no, it was good though. I liked it. Uh, I have a new respect for Oscar Isaac. His acting is so incredible, and yeah, that yeah, yeah. Moon Knight's great. It's just a tough watch, especially if you have trauma and uh, mental illness. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I would if you if you're if you were physically and emotionally abused as a child they'd mm-hmm. either either stay away from it or go into it knowing that it's it's very heavy and and, and uh something that i, I did not expect yeah i honestly superhero movie to touch the way it did yeah i'm i'm glad it did though and i think they handled it well and i honestly wouldn't have been able to watch it the way i watched it probably if you didn't give me a heads up if i didn't know that was coming i probably would have been like oh fuck <laughs> yeah i took one for you buddy yeah uh, thanks man I, i'll do the yeah, next I had, one <laughs> i talked about it in therapy today so oh really yeah yeah that oh, was fun yeah it was rough i was the only one awake it was like two <laughs> in the morning i'm like oh we can do this <laughs> i was basically having my own steven moment <laughs> <laughs> Daniel oh, comes downstairs. I'm speaking to myself in a British accent. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. Into I'm a good. mirror. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you're the you're the doctor oh, from Jurassic Park now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm walking around like him too. <laughs> Dinosaurs are birds. <laughs> are you okay? No. <laughs> oh fuck. Uh, you can. <laughs> this uh, is taking a long time. Yeah. You can listen to Donovan's other podcasts. <laughs> Uh, it's called laughing with you not at you it's a podcast i do with my wife where we talk about mental health and parenting it's uh not like what i just discussed with the chats with mental your, health yeah your wife just comes <laughs> the whole episode is just finding you and in crying into a pillow in awkward situations yeah. yeah that's the main reasons i do voices guys is because i'm mentally unstable <laughs> <laughs> and that's why i make all the dark jokes i do so uh yep. or or sexually pervasive pervasive jokes uh same same yeah. so oh. we're doing great guys yeah <laughs> um i was gonna say suck a dick but that was you know just <laughs> over the line um, <laughs> so uh with that uh chrissy's not here uh she'll be hey, here get yourself get you see we're so off the fucking rails chrissy <laughs> <laughs> thank you well if chrissy was here we'd be talking about like sandwiches that we ate three weeks ago so, yeah, but it's still a little bit more structured. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, it is. But you know, I just feel like I have to watch my mouth around her. Um, but uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, she'll be with us next episode. Next episode, we're going to be touching some heavy subjects with um, physical abuse. Um, so watch uh, episode five of Moon Knight in preparation. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make you a list of stuff that you should watch. Uh, uh, Split. Yeah. Make sure you watch Split. Oh, fuck, that's that's no. really going to help you. I literally, yeah, that movie, I got, I was mad after watching that movie. I yeah. was like, why is this a plot point for fucking horror now? <laughs> <laughs> this is dumb as shit. I was so, okay. Uh, well, that's yeah. the thing. It, that's, that's why I appreciate Moon Knight so much is because you get, and in like kind of like the newer Batmans kind of hit it. Like uh, yeah. when... You, the parents die 
Um, I know they have to fucking bring it up with every like we get it, but at the same <laughs> right. time, each incarnation is dealing with it in a different and a uh, a more adult and realistic way compared to oh somebody lost their parents and they're a billionaire you know not really yeah. grasping the emotional toll it takes on you uh and the yeah. trauma so that's why i appreciate the new batman a little bit more um, no me too that that scene where he's walking out when he first finds the mayor's body and he sees mm-hmm. the sun and he has mm-hmm. makes that eye contact yeah that moment for sure i get 100 yeah. percent what you're saying yeah. it's just i so, feel like there's a there's a little part in uh media right now where they're using like actual like trauma that people go through as a like as like a plot just a the plot device and i think that that's what i was talking about when that kind of stuff happens that pisses me the fuck off you know what i mean you get to be watching something it doesn't do anything it just is like oh wasn't that shocking you're like why the fuck yeah you know what i mean yeah and american horror story does shit like that a lot yeah i don't really like american horror story after that's one of the reasons i stopped watching it because of that um but there are times where it where some where an artist is taking their traumatic experiences or their you know or stories of loved ones mm-hmm. that went through it and they're portraying yeah. that on screen and then there's times yeah. where people are just using mental illness and we talked about this in the mental illness episode where people are just mm-hmm. using it for to make money and right. as a as a plot device and not doing it correctly and not giving it the the careful hands it needed um right but moon Knight did, did. You- exactly no exactly that's i agree oh. with you 100 percent. did you did you see split yes what did you think about that i'm talking about the scene when it's revealed like i only watched it once there's um, that scene where it's revealed that her uncle did that stuff to her when she was a kid and stuff but the yeah. way it's revealed is really weird and it's done like just as a way to show that she's like i'm not a perfect person this happened to me i forgot about it but the way it's done is like it's it's done really weird and it made me uncomfortable yeah, Holly, that's the why I don't think M. Night Shyamalan has like a, like, I don't know the man and I don't know his stories or, or whatever, but like, right. uh, it, it seems like more of a plot point and, and a not really thought out thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. We haven't, we've never talked about like, like, do memories disappear from your memory? do they you know do traumatic experiences like are they are they locked away where you don't remember them at all ever mm-hmm. you know and like it's well, a... i get that and that's not the thing that like yeah oh, I get that bothers saying. me really yeah because i feel like it's a trope to be like, like it's oh, used a lot in movies yeah somebody was I get, okay i get what you're saying molested no, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it has to be a memory that they never no okay I get what you're saying except I thought, this comes up so now they remember it and it's like no fucking that lives you with you forever and if no yeah exactly it yeah, affects okay, everything in your life and you're making <laughs> yes. it just something yeah that bothers that's me. what i what you just said was what i was trying to say for a second mm-hmm. i thought you were saying like uh because like some people say that in reality like repressed memories aren't a thing and shit and i was like wait what that's why i got confused <laughs> yeah so i'm not saying yeah i'm not saying that the mem the memory isn't the issue it's how you how that person how it's handled and yeah, yeah. i got you yeah that's so, that was my issue that's why i was bringing it up as well is that that pissed me off because that happened so out of the blue and it was just a plot mm-hmm. device it wasn't 
it was just and it was also just you it felt like it could have been anything honestly it could have been if it was a plot thing to show that she's experienced trauma it could have been anything it couldn't it didn't mm -hmm. have to just be that and the way mm -hmm. it was handled was disgusting and it was just like bam like i literally had to reach out to friends who i know have, who've had it and be mm -hmm. like don't watch that fucking movie because it's going to trigger you really bad you know what i mean just the way it's just yeah that i feel i i feel like there should be more of a more more people talking out about that kind of shit you know because people are always ready to jump on shit that's like well that's handled distastefully and that's we should you know say something about that but that's one mm -hmm. thing mental health is handled very 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 fucking poorly in a lot of media and stuff yeah. like that's very dangerous yeah it's not it's not used with any empathy no not um, at all and then i can also the people that have that that see that could also feel like some kind of fucking shame or guilt towards that when it even fucking you know because of the shit mm -hmm. so, yeah, yeah i i just I, I just i just remember that scene as just being like kind of an eye-rolling scene where i'm just like oh i'm just like this girl is not a perfect like like i'm just yeah. i don't know it, it's i might yeah. be speaking out of my ass but it's just like it's just it feels You're like not, something that it's, it's it's just been it's been used before and yeah. either the person turns out to be a complete absolute maniac who goes on to murder five thousand people or mm -hmm. they're this you know person that lives a perfect life except for you know that then they break from reality because of this memory and it's just like it doesn't neither of those it doesn't work either either of those two things don't work i'm sorry right so, and to just keep using that as a plot device is just it's 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 really fucking frustrating and the only reason i'm bringing it up is because of the moon knight thing that i think it was it really does deserve recognition for how well i mm -hmm. handled that mm -hmm. and uh yeah and the way that they're used in Hollywood comes back to reflect on people that actually have mental illness and how we, mm -hmm. a lot of the time we don't say stuff to people because we're afraid of that response that comes oh, yeah. back of, of the stereotypes that That's... because I'm bipolar, you can't trust me because you don't yep. know what I'm going to do. And it's just like, no, I have control of myself. I, right. I'm just letting you know, because my mood might be different you know or someone tomorrow. who doesn't know you have it'll like say to you like i mean like i'm so bipolar right now you know what yeah. i mean like you don't even that kind of shit or you yeah. know like i made that post recently about the whole amber heard thing because now it's mm -hmm. coming out that she's been diagnosed with bpd and that's what i have and then people are commenting on it and they're like that's not a mental illness or that just goes to that's that and that's why she's so mean that's why she's so crazy and it's like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about yeah, yeah i've stayed away from the whole thing just because it, it's it's a media circus and i'm like dude they're stripping away our like like they're stripping away women's right to choose and then mm -hmm. with that this the way that they wrote that rolling the next thing that's going to happen is contraceptive con contraception and then the next thing that's going to happen is going to be gay marriage and then the next thing that's going to happen is going to be interracial marriage the way this is written, it's going to it's written as they're permiss they're going to be they're going to allow stuff to be stripped away because it's not written in the constitution, right? And it's and yeah, and I have way more things, way bigger things to worry about than fucking Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. 
Yeah, man, I know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like <laughs> to, to, to yuck your yum or anything. No, no, no. I know what no. you mean. I know what you mean. I was the same. I've way seen some of it, and I'm just shit, like, I was like, eh. I just, I don't. Are... I usually stay away from anything with that kind of stuff. It's yeah. just once I start seeing like specific things that I like, I do mm-hmm. know that like I know about, and people are just. It's something that will affect me. Like if if I can yeah. just step up, like you're wrong. This I have this stop. You know what I mean? And somebody like, oh, if there's a person that has it. I'm wrong. My bad. I'm gonna stop saying this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's my hope out of it. I don't know. It's just it's just fucking infuriating to know that this I had whole... this my whole life and then not to then recently be diagnosed with it and trying to figure mm-hmm. it out and then some dumb celebrity has it and she's a fucking asshole. So everyone's like, that's why. Like, yeah, they're hey, all man, assholes. I'm working yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I it, this this trial has brought out the worst in internet sleuth culture. Oh yeah, because I they can't wait for the Netflix know. documentary. <laughs> Who's gonna play Johnny Depp? That's uh, Ski Ulrich. They're gonna bring him out of retirement. Oh man, I was I'm the I listened to a podcast called With Gorilla and Rust, and they just break down horror movies for like three hours. They just talk about it, and they were recently discussing the Scream franchise, and then that's all they talk about is like. The lighting angles Wes Craven used to make him look like young Johnny Depp. Yeah, so, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> it's definitely it. gonna work. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. So, but yeah, uh, I feel you. And uh, yeah, the best we can do is is what we're doing, and you know, we're gonna hopefully change some minds and some hearts along the way. So, yeah, empathy, people, empathy. Just remember yes. to have empathy for others. Once you feel yeah. and think about what other people are going through, I promise you, your world will open up and you will just feel better. Mm-hmm. I promise. That is a legit and, promise that I can hold myself to. Yeah. And just because you went through something and somebody's going through something similar does not make you an expert. Nope. And does not mean that they should handle it the way that you are. Or you yep. did. So... We all have different things that bring us to different things that make us to react differently to different things. So and that's why we got to respect each other and empathize mm-hmm. always. Yep. Even Absolutely. if it's people we fucking hate. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, uh, peace. Sorry that took so long. Um, peace. Be- <laughs> Don't know if I'm going to edit, edit any of it out. We'll see. Uh, I say leave it. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to the band Iron Sheik for letting you use your song. Uh, Those heads are our heads for our intro and outro. It's Iron Sheik, like the wrestler, I believe, right? Uh, Yeah, but it's spelled differently. C-H-I-C, but yeah, the wrestler. Yeah. 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 Uh, So thanks, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Peace be with you. And with your (laughs) spirits. All right, and everybody say... You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. (laughs) I like my looks. I like my personality. I've got a choice to make Almost every second that I'm on